0: You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. So you guys have heard me mention a friend friend of mine, a pastor friend, Jeanette Flynn. Pastor Jeanette. I remember the first time I heard Pastor Jeanette preach. I was at uh, Mid-America Christian University, and uh, my wife and I lived in Oklahoma City. And we were attending church that Sunday morning, and she was the guest speaker. And I'd heard her name before, but I'd never heard her preach. I'd never actually met Pastor Jeanette Flynn. And she got up to preach, and she brought this message about Joseph. I still remember it, and it was it was engaging. It was it was such a detailed. Story. Story, and it was such a clear, big idea, and she brought it around to some practical application, and, you know, I don't remember all the details, but I remember that, and I remember, most importantly, I remember God spoke directly to me through the sermon that she brought that day, and, you know, I've heard hundreds of sermons in my life, I and mean, I'm a preacher's kid, I've heard I've heard the sermons every Sunday for my entire life, but that that day, it was just, God just spoke directly to me through her, and I remember thinking, I want to preach like that. I want to preach like, like a girl. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't have that thought at the time, but now I realize that for a lot of people, that's strange. And it's weird to have a role model, uh, in ministry, especially in, in this church world that, that, that we live in. And I find myself, this is what I'm doing with my life to have a role model that inspires you. Do you have a role model that inspires you to desire to become more like Jesus? Because that's, who Pastor Jeanette was at that time, someone who inspired me to want to be more like, more like Jesus. Not just a, not just, I want to preach like that. I want to be like that, but I want, I want to be more like Jesus because of this person's, uh, model in my life so so today we're wrapping up this series role model that we've been in for a few weeks and we're looking at the idea of a, of a woman's role in the world and specifically the church and family and and looking at fresh eyes of what an accurate model from the scripture may look like now we've gone through some old testament strong women of the bible esther uh jail the prophet deborah um you know we've hannah we we've had some some great stories that we've been through and seen that that God has used from from the beginning of, of recorded scripture that uh, uh, people of both genders he has equipped and empowered and given the gifts to use at that moment for that time. Um and you know, I had the conversation sometimes of, you know, how do you defend, you know, certain things in the Bible. And today we're gonna to get there. We're gonna get into that. And and as always, our our goal is not to to prove a point. Our goal is not to say we're right, you're wrong. Our goal is to become more like Jesus. And we've been looking at some strong women, some female role models from the scriptures to help us all become more like Jesus. But today we're tackling straight on what this could look like. Um, in the church setting, in the church world, in 2021, and we're looking at an ancient passage of scripture from Acts chapter two. So we're in the New Testament. In Acts two, we're going to read just a couple of verses from what's taking place. And so, this let me set the scene. It's it's the day of Pentecost, and that's a huge festival, huge celebration um, in the culture at the time. People are coming from all over for the celebration of of Pentecost. And there, this is just. Not too long after the resurrection of Jesus, and here's Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, and he's preaching this. What's recorded in Acts anyway is the first sermon where Jesus is the subject, where where people are around, and he's preaching the the resurrection of Jesus. And and there's the, you know as he and the other disciples are 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 telling others this this gospel, this good news that that Jesus is the Messiah, and he was crucified. It's a fact. We saw it. You saw it. But also he's 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 not still in the grave resurrection happened and we saw it and we're here to tell you this good news of what that means for your life and the people said they must be drunk because they were hearing it the story is they were hearing Peter and these other disciples give them this message and they were all these people from all over different countries and different areas with different dialects and different languages and they were hearing them each in their own native language like they could understand what they were saying in their own language and so it was the story is like they were confused and they were saying they said they must be drunk and 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 some there's different ideas on this i think they were probably saying they they were asking were they drunk because not because they were hearing this message in their own native language but because of what the message was this cat jesus who died was crucified and everybody here knows it is resurrected he came out of the grave he is messiah and that was a huge message but that's that, that message he says uh, it, it's it's nine o'clock in the morning which too early for us to be drunk we, we have we haven't been drinking so pick up in in verse 16 and he says no what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Now, Joel's one of the Old Testament prophets. And he says, In the last days, God God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. So God says, God is speaking through the prophet Joel. Now, Peter's claiming this. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And uh, the sermon goes on, the story goes on, but that's where we'll stop for today. We've got some, a lot of other scriptures we're going to get into, so let's do that with this big idea. God is speaking to all of us, through all of us. We just have to learn to listen. God is speaking to all of us, through all of us. We just have to learn to listen. So, so we're going to today just kind of break down that big idea into chunks and spend some time in each part of that. this idea. The first part is God is speaking. God is speaking. We need to embrace and, and come to an understanding that, that God is not a silent God, that God is speaking. This gathering uh, that's called Awakened Church is the result of me being convinced in September 2015 that God was speaking something new into my life and into my family to begin a new church, a church where anybody can belong, a church where love is spoken and grace is shown. This is kind of the result of that thing that God was speaking into my life that, that many years ago. How does God speak? How does God speak? Well, we're going to talk about that, but but let's look at how, how God was speaking here through the prophet Joel and now Peter using that quote to, to, to kind of bring it uh, t- to the people, what was going on here. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Now, so this brings up a lot of questions, and we don't have time in one sitting to wrestle with them all. so But there's an immediate question. When he says last days, when are these last days? Are, are we in the last days? This is a question where you know I I get asked, and you probably have that same question. Are we living in the last days? And you'll hear people claim, oh, surely we're living in the last days. And this is where some people come up with some, Sometimes a bunch of scary imagery, to be honest, and completely missed the context of the words because this phrase last days, when you look at it historically in the culture, refer to a time known to the people then as the days of Messiah. The last days refer to what is known as the days of Messiah. Now, now Peter, who preached these words, believed Jesus was the Messiah, and now the Holy Spirit of God had come to reside within all people who follow Jesus. Peter is saying that this event on the day of Pentecost, where everyone is being filled with the Holy Spirit, was a signal that these days have arrived. That, so the term last days is not about some future destruction, but a renewal happening now. Peter says it's happening now. And God says, I will pour out my spirit. So this was originally this was written in Greek, and the, the word in Greek that translates to spirit is pneuma and pneuma it means it means spirit also means wind it means breath it's symbolically the life-giving word wind spirit breath life-giving god is speaking god is breathing into us his word this is what prophecy is prophecy is about the spirit breathing about the wind blowing prophecy is breathing out what god has breathed into you See, prophecy is not a prediction of future events, but proclaiming the truth that God has breathed into you. There's another word for this, by the way. It's called preaching. Another word for prophesying is preaching, speaking forth or breathing out what God has breathed into you. So, so how do we know if someone is speaking forth godly words, teaching, leading, preaching, whether they're male or female? How do we know? Jesus answered the question with an illustration of a fruit tree. In Matthew twelve thirty-three. Jesus says it's a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If the tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. So, so how do we know if someone is qualified to preach or teach? I mean, we don't default to a gender role. So how do we know if someone's qualified? Well, what do they say about Jesus? That's the first thing we ask. What do they say about Jesus? Number two is, what do they say about Jesus' death and resurrection? Okay, we want to know. How are they qualified to preach or teach in the church? What do they say about Jesus? What do they say about Jesus' death and resurrection? And third, what does their life and character say about them? How do you know if someone's qualified to preach and teach in in the church? What does their life say about them? What does their character say about them? Because God is speaking, and he's speaking to all of us, through all of us. God speaks to all of us, and he's speaking to us through all of us. See, the way I became convinced God was speaking to me about beginning a new church, awakened church, was because he didn't just speak to me in my head or in my heart, but through others, I had a, a coach at the time, a pastoral coach. His name is uh, a pastor in a different state, Bob Schellenberger. And Pastor Bob was my coach. And, and he walked he was walking with me through the entire time God began to speak and breathe into me this new idea, this new vision uh, for Awakened Church. At the same time, I was convinced not just because of that, but because other pastors, other, other folks in my life uh, heard me out. Pastor Paul Nienmeyer and Eric Johnson, right here in Louisiana, part of our network, they they, they affirmed it. Um, a pastor friend of mine named Steve Childs, I had had a, a uh, just happened to be riding to an airport with him in Tampa, Florida, and just absolutely spoke affirmation into my life. My good. Friends in Arkansas, where I was pastoring at the time, Pastor Greg and Pastor Alan Coker, both of these guys, they, they walked with me and prayed with me through some figuring out, is this what God is really speaking into my life? And affirmed, yes. Pastor Jeanette Flynn that I mentioned earlier, I had a conversation with her and it affirmed it with me. My wife, Shelley, my wife, Shelley affirmed it. God spoke to me through her that this was the direction that we were to be going see he says i will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy sons and daughters will prophesy see god he's pulling back the curtain he's showing that the kingdom of love isn't just for one tribe one people group one gender one race the kingdom of god is for everyone when, one of the many reasons people are disillusioned with the american church is that it appears we've devalued women and defended patriarchy It appears that way. We've decided in a lot of cases, leadership responsibilities are reserved for men only, regardless of how competent, spiritually gifted, or called women might be to the task. And unfortunately, in our own tribe, where we do affirm and we do ordain women into ministry, into every position of the church, there are still many congregations, folks in leadership, that absolutely do not operate as if it were true see much of the bible is written in the context of cultures that were were patriarchal in nature so we got to understand that so in other words men men ruled over things and women complied that's what the idea is and that's what makes scripture so fascinating. While while we see glimpses of this culture, what we have all through the scripture is God doing something different. God flipping the script. God saying, "Yes, yeah, okay. I see what you're doing. You have you have you have this patriarchal society, but I'm going to make Deborah my prophet. I'm going to make Deborah the judge over all of the people of Israel. I'm going to rise up this leader. I'm going to rise up a young lady named Jael who is going to who's going to be a hero of the faith." You see, God is using all who are willing, all who are called and gifted to do His work. See, it's, it's difficult to not get defensive, and I'm just speaking honestly here, for, from my heart, when some hold the belief that female pastors and leaders are a heretical doctrine, insinuating that, that they use the Scripture as their guide and that, that I don't, or that we don't. In the kingdom of God's love, equality is the reality. And Jesus, through his church, is bringing this reality out into the open for all to see. Galatians 3.28 tells us there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In Jesus, all the ways we divide ourselves are no longer the rule gender race social class the church reflects a renewed picture of humanity in jesus that is what the church the true church is supposed to look like a reflection of a renewed humanity in jesus if we're familiar with the story of jesus at all we probably know he had 12 disciples peter the guy who gave the sermon we we, we talked about today in acts chapter 2 is one of them these are apprentices who followed Jesus around, they traveled with him, but but did you know his crew actually was much bigger than that? I mean, if you if you really read the story, if you really read the Bible, the Gospels for yourself, you see he, he didn't just have twelve guys walking around with him. There was a a, lot, a much larger crew with him, and after a while, there was like seventy, and, and among them were women. Many women, these, these women, it turns out, were influential and leaders and in some cases wealthy. They actually, if you look at, at the story in Luke chapter 8, the women funded the ministry of Jesus and his crew. Like when the check came from the meal for this large group of people, it was the women who took care of it. They, they, they took the lead. For us, it seems crazy that we would not allow women to do certain things like lead or teach or preach or be elders. The Jesus movement started with women being fully empowered participants. The Jesus movement started with women being fully empowered participants. So we affirm and we support women in every area of the church as gifted by the Holy Spirit. It's up to God to decide who's called to do something. God is speaking to all of us through all of us. We just have to learn to listen. We need to learn to listen. And if you still are listening with me this far, I pray you'll hang on. Because I don't always listen well. I really don't. Truth is, I haven't always listened at all. I've had seasons where I was pretty sure I knew what I needed to know. And since I wouldn't listen to anyone, I couldn't really hear what God was actually saying. And I want to be different than that. I mean, how often is our our disconnect caused by lack of listening, as opposed to a lack of God speaking? I mean, is that the disconnect? Is it because God's not speaking, or is it because we're not really listening? You see, I've learned to listen. I've learned to be somebody who questions, and, and 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 you know, I'm part of a tribe that has been egalitarian from the get go, from from the 1800s. <laughs> it's not some new thing we're trying to embrace a new femininity or whatever it is. You know. <laughs> The tribe I'm a part of has been been ordaining women and ministry and elders of churches since it began in the 1800s. This is not new for us. But I'm the kind of person who needs to understand and ask questions. I don't just accept the status quo. Never have. I don't think I ever will. And so I began to really dig for myself. Is it true? Because there are scriptures, and I'll talk about a couple of them in a minute, that, that make it sound like women aren't allowed to do these things. But I had to learn to listen. The Bible is a collection of various forms of literature. Okay, it's all about it's all about understanding what the Bible is. It's a collection. It's a it's a library. Any, uh, so many different forms of literature. It's not just theological doctrinal discourse. It's history. It's it's letters to, to it's personal letters. It's it's letters to groups of people. It's it's uh it's poetry. It's wisdom. It's it's uh it's proverbs. It's legend. It's 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 a whole bunch of different forms of literature gathered together, written by ancient people to ancient people in an ancient culture with ancient customs. And when you read it and you study it with discernment, you realize it's so much more than ancient words. You begin to realize that as you read it, it's like learning to listen to God. And so when someone makes statements, we can truly discern, is it God speaking through them to us? Because we've been learning to listen to God through scripture Which brings us back to the question: questions about why this is. When we began Awaken Church, we had a series of 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 pre-launch services, and what we did was ask for questions from from the general public. We we had people and anonymous questions, and said we're going to start this new church. With this idea in mind, it's okay to ask questions here. You could whatever questions you have, we don't have all the answers, but we'll work through them. We we'll we will not just say it's it's not uh, it, you know, you don't need to know. We want to know too. And one of the questions that came, we actually began this our very first sermon <laughs> and one of our pre-launch services addressed this very thing because the question was why do some churches not allow women to preach? Why? And that's still the question. Questions like that. Why do some churches allow women pastors and others don't? Because we have ideas about the world and God based on our experiences and our traditions. My tradition has always been, okay, we ordain women. My experience has been we don't always do good with putting that into practice. Genesis 127. This is the beginning. God created human beings in his own image. The image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So Genesis one, it's a poem. It's it's how the, it's it's kind of giving a, a f- affirmation to the people at the time that that there is a God who created out of love, and he, he created human beings in his image, he created them male and female, both in his image. See, we are created in God's image. We male and female created in God cre- in God's image. Somehow, the assumption became that God looks like a human male. <laughs> That, I mean, really, think about it. When you say, what does God look like? Well, he sits on a throne. He has a long white beard. God doesn't look like a man. God doesn't have a beard. God is spirit. God is spirit. When it says, and we are spirits. See, God, God didn't define the gender roles beyond the egg and the sperm. He created us male and female in his image, in the image of his spirit. Discernment is, is, is the case. And in this case, it helps us see that some things are traditions and some things are, are are of the Spirit of God. My is my thing has always been, I don't I don't just accept something because it's a tradition. What does the Spirit of God say? And discernment helps us to listen closer to parts of these letters in the New Testament that cause the confusion at this point. Because if you're really reading it, it's easy to get confused. To hear right here that that Peter quotes a passage of scripture and says that Both men and women will preach filled with the Holy Spirit, and these days are now here. The days of Messiah are here, and men and women are preaching the Word of God. And then you read something like 1 Corinthians 14.34. It says women should be silent during church meetings. It's not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it's improper for women to speak in church meetings. So, 1 Corinthians, it's written to a specific group of people in in an area, uh, a, a city called Corinth. Corinth was famously a corrupt and immoral place. We say Sin City, we talk about Las Vegas or New Orleans or something like that. This was that turned up to 11. Corinth. Is famous for the corruption and the immorality that took place there. There were some pretty crazy things happening, not just in Corinth, but in the churches there. So if you read 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, Paul, who's the guy writing this, he's writing in the context of these specific issues. In a culture where, get this, historically, men are more educated than women because they had the opportunity and the privilege to be educated and women didn't. And if you read the entire letter not a couple of verses you see that that women are leading women are affirmed but at the same time we realize in this culture where, where historically men were more educated than women this makes more sense first timothy 2 is another one women should learn should learn quietly and submissively i do not let women teach men or have authority over them let them listen quietly so we've got to realize First Timothy is written to Timothy. Timothy is a pastor of a church in Ephesus. Ephesus is a place where the main religion, where the people would have been very fam- not just familiar with, but they would have been able to be part of their life before they began to follow Jesus, and sometimes even in the same at the same time. The religion is called the the worship of Artemis. Artemis is a fertility cult where worship involved sex and prostitution. And many women were leaving Artemis worship, where it was basically basically a fertility cult, where they would engage in, in, in intercourse as part of worship, and now they're learning the way of Jesus. And this posed some serious challenges for the church including there's a lot of persecution happening there in that area because of what the church was doing bringing people out of the worship of Artemis there's a lot of rioting there against Jesus followers and so this 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 statement this message was to these people there and women coming out of this fertility cult and Paul is saying hey don't don't come in here don't bring it all in here don't bring it all in here let them listen quietly and learn because they're coming out of something that's been dangerous and is still divisive in our culture. You see, read the context. See, here's the thing. We don't want to argue with those that disagree. And I'm wrapping this up here because we don't have time for it. Don't, I don't have time for that. Our mission is not to make a point, but to make a difference. God is speaking to all of us through all of us. We just have to learn to listen. So whether you're male or female, here's your next step. What gift or gifts do you have? How has God, how has the Holy Spirit of Jesus gifted you? What are you good at? Male or female, what are you good at? Now here's the next step. How can you use that to make a difference to others? How can you use that thing, that voice, that artistic ability? How can you use that? to make a difference in the lives of others. Father, I thank you for the, the opportunity today to speak, Lord, the, the words you've laid on our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for your church, and the church, your church is full of different people. The church is one, one body. But, Lord, there's many different differences when it comes to doctrine. And Lord, help us refrain from saying you're not really part of us, But Lord, help us to embrace and love even when we disagree. And Lord, find find our part of the body. (laughs) And Lord, work there, serve there, love there. And not cast stones. And not try to cut off another part of the body just because we disagree on something. But Lord, realize that you're speaking to all of us, through all of us. Lord, we need to learn to listen. So Lord, help us to listen. And as we listen, Lord, Show us, teach us what you've gifted us to do, who you've gifted us to be. And Lord, give us opportunities to put that into practice. Now may we continue to see that you created us in your image, male and female. We are all in the image of God. And that as you created us in your image, Lord, there's no longer a separation between skin colors, genders, Or any other thing, Lord, that that we are one in Christ Jesus when we are in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, help us to live and reflect this renewed picture of humanity that is in Christ. For that is what the church should be doing. That is who we should be. So, Lord, we ask that you help us to do that. And continue, Lord, to become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.